This is Chris. Welcome to episode 303 of X-Lapsed, where after a few pretty heavy days, um, we've got something a little less heavy. Um, actually, it's kind of uh, silly and, and arguably stupid, but uh, let's let's get into it. This is uh, the <clears throat> season finale of x I hate, hate that we're calling these, uh, these series seasons now. That is just, uh, just don't like it. Uh, you know me, I, I hate change. I am, uh, I am the, uh, you know, the man-baby personified, I suppose. But uh, let's get into it. <laughs> this is X-Force, Volume 6, Number 26. Had a February 2022 cover date. The story is called Wipeout. Okay, written by Benjamin Percy, with art by Robert Gill. Colors, Guru FX. Letters, VCs, Joe Caramagna. Designs, Tom Muller, head of X's Hickman. Edits, we got a new editor, Baumgartner, along with Basso White Sobolski, cover price four bucks. This one went on sale December 15th of 2021. And we open somewhere in the South Pacific, and we pick up with our baby nappers who are still toting their uh, Death Stranding backpacks. And full disclosure, I've never played Death Stranding. All I know is that there are babies in tubes, or at least babies in tubes were part of the trailers, so... I might be speaking out of turn, but I mean, this isn't a video game podcast, so who really cares? Anyway, they're bringing the napped babies to their submarine, and once on board, one of the tots lets out a sonic scream. This baby is Maximilian. Now, if you recall, just last issue, Quentin Quire mentioned that uh, one of the tots in the bower nearly killed everyone within a hundred-yard radius. Which is why QQ had to go through the baby house every week or so to keep them all cool. You know, he would go through... Check out their brains, make sure everybody's, uh, you know, even-keeled and everybody's safe. And I guess we can put two and two together here and assume that that problematic pooper was Little Max. Now, one of the surf baddies suggests that they just kill the kid. Pike stops him because this kid is exactly who he wants. Who's he? Oh, come on, it's X-Force. You already know who he is. Next, double-page spread of roll, call, and cred. Our characters today are... Wolverine, Kid Omega, Black Tom, Sage, Domino, Marvel Girl, and Pike. Back to comics, and we are back to Krakoa, a dead mutant's cove to be specific, where Wolverine has recently taken up Hanging Ten, of course. Uh, can someone, like, over 100 years old have a midlife crisis? Anyway, uh, Wolverine blames himself for spilling the beans to these non-mutants. Black Tom blames the choppy waves for giving these non-mutants access in the first place. Then Tom talks to... The Veg, in order to give Sage a sit-rep. Now, she's able to get a bead on the baby nappers via some Krakoan plankton, but it only gets her so far. Sage questions how any human could have survived the choppy surf, 
To which Wolverine posits that, hey, maybe they aren't human in the first place. Which, I mean, that's something we already knew, because we saw the gills on their necks. We could make that, uh, that assumption, but seems as though Wolverine is realizing that there was more than met the eye there. Logan then notices Quentin Quire sulking at the shore and heads over to chat him up. Now, from the looks of it, old Kid Omega is man- mentally manifesting some... Would we call it porn? Like if you're watching like a simulacrum of yourself rolling around with a former significant other? Because that's he's watching him basically, you know, rolling around with his, his chosen cuckoo. Uh, now, Wolvie, you, you might not want to get too close to this one, but uh, in any event, uh, Logan gives Quentin like that weird, disconnected, macho, tough love sort of thing. Basically telling him to rub some dirt on it and walk it off. It strikes me as a little disingenuous, especially considering how many damn times Logan himself has had his heart broken. You'd think maybe he'd, you know, drop the facade and be a little bit less macho with his advice, but Wolverine is Wolverine. Quentin then tells Logan about all of his customizations, which, if you recall, and I don't remember the exact issue we found out about this, but uh, Quentin's, you know, he's died a whole bunch, yes? And uh, the five have his custom specifications about how he ought to be brought back. Things like giving him 20-20 vision, naturally pink hair, you know, stuff like that. Now he asks if it would be possible to have the cuckoo cut out of his head upon his next resurrection. You know, so he doesn't feel this pain anymore. He forgets that they were ever an item. And this feels to me like a callback to Domino's... I would say Domino's resurrection, but Domino's earliest resurrection during this era, because I think she's died three or four times to this point. Uh, If you remember, uh, she was dealing with all that xenotrauma. You know, when we opened up this volume of X-Force, Domino was was held captive by uh, Zeno, and she, like, literally had her skin, like, peeled from her so they could make these... Domino-flavored super soldiers to invade the island and get through security, stuff like that. And it left her with a lot of trauma. And when she was on Death's Door, she decided she wanted to be brought back with all of that trauma because it made her her. But, well, the next issue, she came back and she was, uh, she was kind of hunky-dory. She didn't have any of that trauma. Now, I'm not saying that Quentin knows about any of that, but to me, as someone who chews on the scenery... I see this as something of an interesting callback all the same. And also, worth noting here, uh, I mean, something about the earliest appearances of Domino in this volume, if this is truly what's going through Quentin Quire's mind, might we suggest that he's actually considering suicide? Like, he knows he'll be brought back, so he might as well just, you know, you know, cut out the pain literally, figuratively, every which way. I mean, it is food for thought. Anyway, while they talk, a huge wave comes crashing down on them, but uh, Kid Omega erects a force bubble or something to protect them, and I think I think this closing bit was supposed to be poignant, but it uh, didn't really land for me. From here, we uh, join our heroes in their own submarine as they follow that plankton. And Domino asks, hey, what should we call this submarine? And Wolverine says that, well, they use the Blackbird for the skies, and so they ought to call this one the Bluebird. Uh, Clearly, Wolverine's not reading the flagship book, because uh, we don't have a Blackbird anymore. We've got a Proud Star. Anyway, they happen across the wreckage of the Surfnapper's submarine, and it looks like Max Dunn wrecked the thing with all of his bellowing. Also, both of Pike's partners are here, dead. Also still, both of the non-Maximilian babies are here, 
still safe and very, very much happy, very smiley babies uh, in their baby tubes. Now, while Domino fishes for survivors, Quentin kind of snaps at Wolverine for being a liar about his advice to just get over his cuckoo. Now, you see, what Quentin Quire is starting to realize here is that uh, Logan's only in this mission because he wants to get a, a piece of that sweet, sweet pike. Now, this revelation seems quite abrupt, almost like maybe a few pages of stewing wound up on the editing room floor, <laughs> which, I mean, that's a silly suggestion, as if anything gets edited in these books. Come on, Chris, what are you talking about? Anyway, Quentin calls out Logan on his hypocrisy, and, uh, hey, it stands to reason, right? From here, we go to an info page where Cecilia Reyes conducts an autopsy on Pike's pals, and she is able to deduce that these folks are Xeno post-humans. Back to comics, back to Krakoa, Kid Choir returns the uh, two rescued babies back to the Bower, and uh, it's worth noting here, um, he looks very, very happy to be doing it. He looks uh, like... it looks like he's not caught up in himself right now. So, I don't know, maybe he needs to be around the kids a little bit more often. Maybe he needs to be a caretaker. Anyway, he drops the kids off, and then he bonks some people's heads together for good measure. Okay, then. Uh, now, this is caught by Jean Grey, who, you know, is the uh, the girl who quit the team and then seemed to start showing up in the book more than ever afterwards. She talks to Quentin about his quarrel with Wolverine. Though, he initially tries to make this chat about his bonking those heads together, which... I, I like this, I like this, because it seems like a half-hearted attempt for Quentin to regain, like, his bad boy status, as, as cringy as bad boy status sounds, and as much as I'm cringing for those words having come out of my mouth, I think he's trying to eschew that, right? How he evolved post his relationship with whichever cuckoo it was here, where he started to mature and started to think about people other than himself. This feels like a... Like a surface-level attempt to go back to being, you know, bad or a, a problematic character. Uh, anyway, they talk about codependency a bit, and Jean mentions how she and Logan often disagree on things, but always seem to find their way back to each other, so I guess they're still banging. Um, now, you know, just last episode, and I didn't bring attention to this when we talked about Hellions, but when Cyclops and Havoc were talking, um, Cyclops talked about some of the problems that uh, they had to go through in order to bring back Madeline Pryor, which they did in that issue. And he said that, you know, there were a lot of problems, and uh, one of those problems was, you know, who he was married to. So he made a point to saying that he and Jean are still married. I, I guess, are we still are we still doing the open marriage thing? Or, I mean, I guess consistency assumes that any of our creators are reading each other's work, so who even knows? Um, anyway, we will find out whether these... Uh, Sage words of wisdom from Jean had any impact on Quentin pretty quickly. We will find out very, very soon. Let's scene shift to an Alaskan volcano, which apparently Pike told Wolverine about this place last issue. Um, I'll take their word for it, because I don't remember it. I'm not saying it didn't happen, I just don't remember it. And so Wolverine is there. He's already there. He's here to surf among the fire and ice. He then like, immediately runs into Pike. <laughs> like, she's right there. Now, she's something of an adrenaline junkie, of course, so she tells him if he wants her, if he wants to talk to her, well, he's going to have to catch her first. And Wolverine tries to appeal to her, and he's like, hey, you know, we're not so different, you and I. You know, what happened to you with Zeno is exactly what happened to me with Weapon X. We need to, you know, we're in this together, basically. She ain't wanting to hear that. She takes off, and so our chase is on. During our chase, 
<laughs> Wolverine, he's surfing, right? He's surfing straight ahead. A giant flaming shark, literally on fire, emerges from the drink. Right in front of him here, right? And Wolverine cuts this flaming shark in half with his adamantium surfboard. Like, di- like directly in half. It looks, <laughs> it looks ridiculous. It's a fun visual. I will admit that. But it's also got to be one of the dumbest things ever to make it into an X-book. And, I mean, that covers a lot of ground, right? Maybe the book is getting meta. You know, maybe this is, uh, maybe this is like a little, uh, you know, a little nudge to our ribs here. It's like, hey, <laughs> we're, we're taking jumping the shark to the next level here. We are now cleaving the shark, right? Maybe that's what we're doing. Anyway, shortly after cleaving the shark, uh, Wolverine wipes out. But he is quickly rescued by Quentin Quire, who's riding a uh, mental pink surfboard of his own. Hmm, maybe this is how they'll introduce, like, a new line of action figures, like Surf Mutants or something. Uh, Each one could have, like, their own themed surfboard. I mean, picture it. We can have, like, Cyclops on, like, a giant visor. You know, the visor is already kind of surfboard-shaped if you flatten it out. Maybe Angel on, like, a razor-sharp wing. Gambit on a giant ace of spades. Domino on a domino. Cable on a Mark 69 Liefeldian rifle. I mean, hey, if anybody from Toy Biz is listening, uh, my contact info is at the end of the show. Feel free to get in touch. Now, Pike gets away. That's basically what we get to here. Pike, you know, she surfs into the fire. And Quentin's like, hey, Logan, gotta just let her go. So kind of throwing Wolverine's own advice back back on him there. And uh, is it poignant? Not really. Does it work? Yes, it works. It works. Uh, from here... We go to our last page of comics content because Quentin's like, you know, Pike ain't what we're here for. We're actually here to rescue that kid. And uh, it's revealed that Maximilian is now in the hands of... Any guesses? Come on. What if I give you a hint and say he's not Russian? Okay, okay. It's the Peacock Man from Zeno. Which, hmm. Hmm. Now we'll talk about him in a bit. Uh, we go to an info page next, uh, where it's a, it's a note from the Chronicler about how Colossus is now part of the Quiet Council, and he's been a little bit quiet of late. I guess no pun intended. Uh, this is probably here just to remind us that, A, the Chronicler is a thing, and B, that Colossus is, in fact, on the Quiet Council, which that reveal was the big cliffhanger from Inferno number 2, and Inferno number 3 came and went without a single mention of Colossus, so... I mean, Inferno forgot about him altogether, so I guess this serves as a uh, decent-sized reminder. We close out the book and uh, the season uh, with a uh, hype page about what's to come, right? Uh, We got a little quote here saying, Beneath the sunny surface of Krakoa hide secrets and monsters, which doesn't seem like all that novel a quote, since that's pretty much been the entire Krakoan uh, era to this point. There's stuff under the surface. It's kind of the theme since 2019, but okay. Uh, X-Force will be returning April 2022, and as mentioned, I'm not sure if this means we're getting a new number one. You know, we are definitely getting an X-Force annual number one in March with a non-Percy writer at the helm. Not sure if that'll be a one-off or perhaps the start of a new status quo. I guess we will find out before long. It looks like uh, Ben Percy's getting very, very busy, right? He's got uh, all these Wolverine books coming out. He's on Ghost Rider. I think he's on a couple other Marvel Universe books. So 
maybe maybe he is going to take a step away from X-Force for a bit or permanently, who knows. You guys know me, I try to I try to steer away from news cuz I don't want to be spoiled. So for all I know, this might already be common knowledge and if that is the case, I apologize for being a little behind the curve. But that'll do it for this issue. Next episode, we're going to be wrapping up Sword and hopefully finding out if it's actually going to be leading into X-Men Red like a like a lot of the theories are suggesting. But that's next time. Let's talk about this time. And, uh, well, hmm, what can we say about this issue? Well, the first time I saw the surfers in the distance here, um, I assumed that it was those twins from the Extreme X-Men, you know? Uh, And it's a shame that it isn't them, because, you know, one of their names was Slipstream, right? And, well, this story has been slipshod. Um... As always, I have zero insider knowledge. I mean, the X-Men podcast community pretends I don't exist, so the X-Men editorial office damn sure doesn't have me on speed dial. But, if I were to guess, I would blame a lot of this on the whole deck chair rearranging that's going on. We've got so much weirdness, uh, so much, I guess no pun intended for this issue, we got water treading, right? with only bits and pieces from the overarching stories here. Colossus and the Chronicler, uh, Zeno being a threat. Even though, you know, hmm, I could have sworn that Mikhail Rasputin double-crossed the peacock tattoo guy the last time we saw him, like sent him to like another universe or a, a pocket dimension or something. It, did that happen? Did we ma- imagine that? Did, did Ben Percy forget? I, I don't know. Now, and also, speaking of Mikhail, we also forgot about the Cerebro Sword, Again, but uh, maybe that'll be part of <clears throat> Season 2. And again, I hate that we can refer to comic series as seasons nowadays. So yeah, if I had to guess, and again, these are just guesses, because <laughs> nobody likes me, and <laughs> nobody wants me to be part of the discussion. But uh, my guess is that um, we're, we're, we're putting out filler. You know, and I've said this before, and I'm sure I'll say it again. But, you know, if you're given the opportunity to put out straight filler... Right? You're told, hey, we don't want to stop putting out your book, but we can't really move the story ahead. If you're given that sort of um, that sort of direction, you may as well swing for the fences, right? Make it as balls-to-the-wall crazy as possible. And, I mean, <laughs> if we look at this, it doesn't get much nuttier than Wolverine riding an adamantium surfboard. The only thing missing would be him shouting, ride or die, Right? And I mean, if you're being forced to put out filler, um, who better to use than Wolverine, right? He's probably the safest character sales-wise to put in your focus position for filler stories. Because, I mean, Wolverine, he sells, right? Not as well as he did back in the long ago, but I mean, nobody sells as good as they did in the long ago. But compared to other X characters contemporarily, he's definitely toward the top or at the top. Now, since the X books... You know, it's kind of like the ambulance sirens are, are behind you, like when you're on the uh, road, right? And you got to pull over. You know, the all the X-Books, those are the cars pulling over to the side to let Inferno, the ambulance Inferno, speed on by. So given that's pretty much what's going on, having a bunch of Wolverine fluff carry the slack, it's not the worst idea. You know, it's not wildly satisfying, and the stories aren't all that great, but... I can definitely see the office logic behind it. It's it's Wolverine. Wolverine on a cover is going to prompt more purchases than a Quentin Choir on the cover, or a Colossus on the cover, or a Domino on the cover. You got Wolverine front and center. 
more people are going to buy it than uh, would otherwise. Uh, all told, and this wasn't great, but it also wasn't the worst. It gave us a chuckle, right? There are definitely worse things, but unfortunately, there ain't a whole lot more to say about it. Which, I suppose, is just as well, because I'm still a bit raspy from uh, the past several days' worth of recording. So, I think that's all we have to say about this one. I do hope that anybody listening might have something to say about this one, and if you do, I would love for you to let me know. If you want to talk about this book, any book, a surfing action figures, whatever you want to talk about, please, I encourage you to reach out. You could find me several different ways. You could find me on Twitter at Ace Comics, on Instagram at 90sXmen. You could send an email over to weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com, or you can call into the X-Lapsed voicemail hotline at 623-396-JERK. For blog posts and show notes, you can head over to chrisoninfiniteearths.com. You can join us on Facebook. Our little group is 90s X-Men. Of course, the complete audio archives are available on any podcast, application, aggregation, application... How, how do I say that? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of tongue-twisted right now. But you can find it on anywhere that you listen to noise on the internet. Just search for Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, uh, chrisandreggie.podbean.com, or any of the programs on this channel. Finally, there is the Patreon for some uh, exclusive content, behind-the-scenes stuff, and a great group of people to chat with. That is patreon.com slash xlapsed. But I think that's where we'll end it for today. I would like to thank you all so much for allowing me to be part of your day today. And until next time, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya! Searching.